What is up, everybody? Back again, another episode of the Fan Section Podcast. This is going to be a little short. I'm going to talk about the college rankings, and I'm also going to do a special on the my top five quarterbacks of this year's draft class if they declare. Um, I say if they declare because there's actually a junior on here that I don't know if he's going to declare or not, but um, he's actually a redshirt junior, so technically he's a senior. He can choose to come back for one more year, but we'll get into all that fun stuff later on. Like I said, this is the fan section short, uh, brought to you for fans, by fans, across the college landscape, from section 100, section 300, bleachers down to the suites. My name is Alan, and I am your host. Tyson is out this week. So it's one dude talking college, dropping knowledge, um, and I am just so excited to have everybody uh, listening, and thank you so much if you have liked, subscribed. Um, we don't have any reviews, but we do see our numbers climbing every day of actually people that are downloading the podcast. So I just want to say thank you so much to those that have done it. Um, just spread the word, you know what I mean? And this has just been a fun, amazing thing. So now that's out the way. Also, shout out to the India listeners. We still see you. Thank you so much. Uh, but like I said, now it's out the way. Uh, the episode is basically all about the college football rankings and then, like I said, my top five college quarterbacks this year um, that I believe will um, not only make an impact but potentially will be you know, starting for some you – know, there's a bunch of NFL quarterback needy teams that are coming in. As usual, every year there's always about four or five of them. This year I think there's a little bit more. But we can dive on that, you know, on, on another special as far as diving into what NFL needs for that. We'll do prop. Me and Tyson are gonna put our heads together. I want to do a NFL draft need by um, like by team podcast. I think that'd be really special to kind of show you like our knowledge as far as the NFL and what like you know teams need versus just the quarterbacks and running backs and receivers that we can break down all day. But moving forward, the rankings. So the AP poll comes out or it has come out already. Um, it has a couple of teams that I really don't, uh, I mean, I don't know. I saw, also saw Joel Klatt's um, rankings and how I don't agree with his two and number four, but the good thing he only has one vote, right? So the thing I'm actually really glad for is that the fact that it, outside of, you know, Georgia, it's still chaos. Two through 10 can make that impact as we've talked about um, multiple times before. The overall interesting part for me is that, a lot of those teams in the Big Ten are actually start. One of them plays one of the other ones this week, Michigan versus Michigan State. That's definitely a game that I want to preview in another episode. Uh, I really actually want to dive into that game and and because and, the loser of that game is just like the Iowa-Penn State game not too long ago is unfortunately out. Um, but that's the beauty of college football, you know what I mean? Like it's better to lose early in the season, and we've said this before, than late. Um, and unfortunately – Michigan and Michigan State play later in the season, and then they also play Ohio State in that division as well. So that's very exciting, um, especially if you're a, a fan of uh, either Michigan or Michigan State. Um, but the AP poll right now has it at Georgia at 1, Cincinnati at 2, Alabama at 3, Oklahoma at 4, and then they have the first two out, which is Ohio State at 5 and Michigan at 6. Well, if we dive into the Michigan schedule, like I said, they have a pretty big game this week against uh, Michigan State. That's going to be at 10:30, uh, actually 10 a.m. on Fox. And then four weeks from then, they play Ohio State. So if Michigan wins this game, they have. I mean, it's not easy. They do. They go to. They go to Penn State. They go to Maryland. Then they host Ohio State. So they still have a pretty tough schedule. Um, but if they win out, 
there is no question in my mind that Michigan will not be ranked in the top four. Um, and that's exactly where I have them. So my rankings, obviously where they differ would be um, Georgia one. We, we can't really debate that at this point. Like if you do debate it, I just don't think you've been watching or you've been watching with duct tape over your eyes because clearly they are the best team in, in college football. And I'm not trying to be biased. Um, all bias aside, my Bulldogs are the best college football team to date right now this season and it's just like LSU was in 2019 and I honestly didn't think LSU was that good until probably about week seven or eight so the fact that it's week eight there's no debate I I don't have Cincy at two and um I I know but I have them at three I have Bama at two and I still I know last week I, I kind of shocked some people by saying I still have Bama at two this week just because um to me, until proven otherwise, if Bama takes another loss, but they're playing really well, actually. Like, they're starting to clamp down on defense. They're actually playing um, more explosive on offense, if you can believe it. Um, Bryce Young really has them rolling, and they understand that, like I said, if you take one loss, the margin of error is honestly, like, it's razor thin to begin with in the season. If you take a loss, there is no more room for error. Like, you're pushed up against that cap. Um, and Alabama is certainly proving that they have nothing to lose, and they're going out each week and saying, you know what, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it, and we're going to do it good. Um, and they're striving for perfection, so I like that. Um, the AP poll has them. So I, I basically have Bama and Cincinnati flipped. I have uh, Bama at two, Cincinnati at three, and then I have four, which is Michigan. Um, I've said before, I think, and <laughs> this was a while ago, um, for those of you that have listened, thank you so much, you would know that I've had Michigan at three for quite some time. I dropped him down to four only because I didn't want to disrespect Cincinnati. Cincinnati, as I told you in the Golden Ticket or the Jar of Dirt like episode, where basically you want to bring your Jar of Dirt to playoff, um, continue dropping four down everybody and win out. Um, and that's exactly what Cincinnati has done. And I hope that the committee gives Cincinnati some love. But we've seen in the past that the committee does not really respect you know, non P five teams, which is very unfortunate, but I think this year they have no reason to keep Cincinnati out. Um, but I have Michigan at four, I think. And, um, I think they're in like, if, if Michigan does what I believe that they're capable of doing, which is taking care of business against Michigan state beating Penn state, that right there is a great ticket into the top four. Um, and then the, only so my difference is I actually have four and five flipped. So they have Oklahoma at four. Oklahoma to me is still the worst undefeated team I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but I did say, and I, this is where it gets really fun because if you do leave Cincinnati out, then you get kind of what everybody wants. You get a Georgia, you get an Oklahoma, you get a Michigan, and then do you do you squeeze in someone that is deserving? It, say Bama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. Well, you can't keep them out at that point. You know what I mean? So this is where the scheduling is going to be really key for a lot of you know teams. And if you're if you're basically if you're Bama, you need everybody to take a loss so that way you're you know you're for sure the number four, or for sure number two at that point. Um, but we will get into the golden ticket on another episode. Um, but as far as where I differ, though, I do have Oklahoma at five, and then I have Michigan State at six, and then I have Ohio State at seven. And I know it's like big, pretty Big Ten heavy, um, six and seven. Um, but the first two out are definitely Oklahoma, Michigan, like I said. I think – and I'm just doing it based on this. Bama would beat Cincinnati, Michigan, Oklahoma, Michigan – or Michigan State and Ohio State. I really believe that they would beat any of those teams. So I know for a fact that Georgia would beat those teams. So like, I mean, I just don't – Georgia has beaten Cincinnati. Cincinnati's ranked three. So, you know what I mean? Like, don't 
dismiss me with that bullshit if you think otherwise. They've also beaten Oklahoma in the past too. So the point is though that um, as far as this list goes, it's going to come down to the committee and they meet next week in November. I think it's the second is when they actually get together and they put it down. And then we, from then we can really have a good debate, right? Like why did they put this team there? We will actually hear their reasons for everything and anything as far as um, where they saw. So then we'll have more of an actual, like, you know what I mean? We'll have more of an idea of, okay, this is what they're really looking for. This is what they considered. You know what I mean? Um, I'd, I'd honestly be shocked if they kept Bam out of the top four. I really would. Um, and that would be a case of the logo for some people. I just think Alabama's more explosive. So the biggest difference for me is I, I flipped two and three, so I've got Bama and in, in two instead of Cincinnati, and then I have Michigan at four. Um, instead of Oklahoma, and then I have the first two out would be Oklahoma and Michigan State, and that can change. If Michigan State beats Michigan, all right, I might have to, like, reconsider, obviously, this, because Michigan would fall. Uh, Ohio State, so Oklahoma, I'd probably put back in at four. I would put Michigan at five, and then I would have Ohio State at four, probably, or at um, six, and then I would have the loser. I can't, I can't see Michigan falling that far, but they might, because Oregon's right there, um, Ole Miss is still right there. Iowa's still right there. There's a lot of teams that are still right there, and you cannot, for the last time, count out Wake Forest. Well, I know they're not winning pretty, but just don't count them out of getting at least to the top eight. I think that that's a great goal for them if they continue to win out. Um, but So that's my college football rankings, my top five. Once again, it's Georgia, Bama, Cincy, Michigan is the top four. And the first two out are Oklahoma, Michigan State. Um, and Michigan State, Michigan will definitely change. I just have that as this week um, for, for moving forward. But getting in to what I'm really excited for, I love – those of you that know me know that I love to dive in, especially like about players, um, especially the quarterbacks. Because that, that's who has their ball in the hands every single play, who's able to, you know, determine basically a good play, bad play, a win or a loss potentially. It's the most important, you know, position in all sports outside of probably the, the goalie in hockey. You know what I mean? Like, so basically, um, I'm super excited for this. And I've, d I've done a little bit of research, dove into some tape um, on some of these guys as far as – and I, those of you that know me, the third person on this list won't be a surprise because I've highlighted him before um, – I, but this is my top five list, and I actually had the top of this list done last year, honestly. I just did a little bit more diving in as far as this year, how they played, and I tweaked some of my notes a little bit on them. So my top five quarterbacks of this year that potentially enter the draft, so we'll just say potentially, like for lack of a better term, because something could happen, you know what I mean? Like for whatever reason, all these, all five of these guys should actually go to the NFL draft. Like, there's no question that they will. They'll definitely be at the combine. They'll definitely be eligible to be picked by one of your favorite NFL teams. Uh, but I say potentially because you never know. Like, they just might hang it up. They might be tired of it for whatever reason. So um, just a CYA a little bit there. Um, but the first I have on this list, the number one quarterback for me is Matt Corral. And I've talked about Matt Corral plenty of times. Um, he's a great athlete. Uh, very strong arm. Um, very, ex very explosive. So like when you see him break out of the pocket, he's always keeping his eyes downfield. He's never taking, he's always taking what the defense is giving him. His pre-snap reads are pretty solid. Not going to lie. There's a couple issues where you'd like to see him kind of if, but we also don't know 
what Lane Kiffin, if, 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 if I can guess, Lane Kiffin has given him the keys to that offense. So I'm just, you know, kind of spitballing in that sense where I think Matt Corral actually has the chance to, he obviously has the check knees and the audibles for sure. Um, but I just want to see him, I want to see his, his process of decision-making a little bit more crisp. And, the, and what I mean by that is more anticipation on the throws. Like, okay, knowing before he gets to the line as he's walking up, he obviously knows what defense they're in, you know, reading the safety, reading the corners, if they're up, if they're not, if it's single high, the linebackers kind of dropping back, are they on their heels, are they on their toes, things like that you pay attention to. Um, as far as the edge rushers, who's coming from where, who's going to be trying to, you know, split the guard, who split the A and B gap to potentially free up a linebacker on the draft. And so I said, you read their ankles a little bit. If they're leaning forward, they're more than likely coming. If they're a little bit back, they're more than likely dropping into coverage. At this level in college, those are easy tells. You know what I mean? Like in the NFL, everybody looks the same because everybody's really good. So, but at this point, you can, it doesn't take a brain surgeon to figure out what they're doing. Um, but like I said, I want to see his attention to detail a little bit more crisp. Um, he does have a very strong arm. Like this, it's it's not it's not a list. It's not a tier yet um, compared to the probably the bottom two on this um, as far as like arm strength goes. But he does have a very strong arm. You'd like to see that. But it, what what might make people kind of deceive that he has a stronger arm than he does is his touch on the ball. He throws these dimes. They're called honey holes, and what I mean by a honey hole th like throw is basically picture a literally a honey hole, like a, a bumblebee's like house. You know what I mean? Like it's a honey hole. He's able to fit the ball through that hole, and and what I mean by that is like the safety is over the top of the receiver as he's say he's running a deep slant or a, or a post, right? So it's ten yards up, and he cuts left across the middle of the field before he gets to the sideline between the the numbers and the hash that's where the honey hole needs to be right so that's where the ball needs to be delivered right so that the receiver can either make the choice to either run out of bounds or turn up field depending on where the safety is um and also he has that if it's if it's in a zone coverage he'll have the linebacker or maybe the corner just underneath that route so picture the 20 yard line number Right, you want it five yards past that. So you want it thrown at the 25. If this is a post, say, like it's on like the opposing, I don't know, like 44 yard or 45 yard line, right? So it's a, still a 20 yard throw. But the point is, he's able to make it between the corner and the safety to the moving receiver, and he's actually throwing him open while he does that. He has incredible touch in that sense where he can make those honey hole throws. Um, and that that's. The, the NFL compare, and I'm only going to compare him to one NFL quarterback that I've actually seen at, with different arm slots, different um, different ability to, like, and by arm slots, I mean, like, he throws with the shoulder above his head. He throws with the sidearm. He does the Patrick Mahomes. Sometimes it's like three quarters of a, of a throw, like, on his arm length. Um, he's the only one that I've ever seen do that up to this point as far as a college quarterback. And I'm going to compare him to Derek Carr. He can make all the throws and take away your bias for whatever team you're, you know, I'm a Broncos fan. I fucking hate the Raiders. But the point is Derek Carr is a very good athlete. He's a very good quarterback. He's able to, he's very smart. He's been in that, he's been in multiple systems in the black and silver for a long time. The guy can make all the throws that you want and ask of him and he can do everything you ask of him. That's Matt Corral. That's why I have him number one on my list. Honestly, I would. I'm. I'm hoping and praying that my Broncos get smart and trade up to get him wherever he, they think he's gonna go. Because I would love to have him starting um, uh, uh, as a quarterback for my Broncos. But um, 
take all that away, Matt Corral is number one on this list. Now, number two is someone that somebody people haven't really probably seen a lot of. Um, I've seen a couple like as far as like highlights on him. I've seen and I YouTube the full games. I don't just look at the highlights because every everybody and their mom can look great in the highlight. You know what I mean? So um, I like to watch the full games, and I only watch the offensive possessions, and I like to watch the th- mainly third downs, third and longs. So I'll pay attention to, um, and I'll and if it's like a third and like 15, I'll probably rewind a little bit to figure out why they got in that position. Is it a usually a penalty on third and 15, obviously because it's even or it's odd numbers. Um, but the point is that like what caused them that? Was it two bad throws? Uh, did they not get the ball on first down? So it's like, but I really pay more attention to third downs. Um, and Carson Strong, the things I've noticed about him, my notes on him are he's got a rocket arm. This guy, had, but with that rocket arm, he also has really good touch. Can he make the throws and the arm angles that Matt Corral can? Not quite. Um, there's definitely some footworks. Uh, that it's not bad, but like he gets, he falls too in love with his arm uh, is what I've noticed. Like he's not anticipating the throw and I want him to see where the receiver will be versus in college. It's, Oh, he's running wide open. I'm going to throw him the ball. Anybody can do that running out. You can do that in your backyard. You know what I mean? Like, and just, you know, (laughs) fucking put it on his chest. But, um, there are times where he does get sloppy with his footwork. There are times where his mechanics, you know, because of that kind of fail, he does throw on his back foot a little bit too much for me. Um, but he, you can't deny, he's not he, his arm. So he's a very oriented pocket passer. He's, um, I'm not going to compare him to an NFL quarterback, honestly, because I think the only one I want to do that to is Matt Corral. Um, it's just he's got some intangibles that are there. You really like what he brings to the table. You like his size. You like his height. You like his actual um, – his leadership, commanding the huddle. Those are certain things to look for too. If you're just diving into like scouting or whatever, the first thing that you you should probably look for is the, as a quarterback, what's his command and what's his demeanor in the huddle and before he walks up to the line? Does he, Is he already defeated before he takes the snap? Um, Carson Strong isn't. He's got a lot of those um, – but he's a little bit too fast on the reads and meaning that goes back to anticipation thing. So it's like, I need you to know that the receiver is going to be where you're going to, where, where the route is. You've worked with him enough times in the off season. You know that he's going to cut this, cut this curl at seven and a half yards versus uh, on a first and second down. If on a third down, third and long, you know, he's probably going to go to the sticks and then cut it in short. So you got to deliver that ball before he makes his cut. However long, two yards past the sticks because he's going to come back to the, to the sticks for that catch. So there's little things like that, that you kind of, you start to see a little bit tidbit and you start to pick apart a little bit um, with him, but I can't deny the arm strength. I think, and I I can't deny that he's got a, he's got a lot of potential. Uh, That's one, that's one of the words that scares scouts is potential, but his ceiling is pretty high. I think Um, he's going to be a solid NFL quarterback if he goes to the right team for sure. And all these quarterbacks that I'm going to list, if they go to the right team, right system, they're going to be great. They're going to pan out just fine. A lot of times you'll see a really good player go to a really bad team like Trevor Lawrence, who's actually still playing well. Um, And it's just the, everything around him is just, it's a dumpster fire and it's just hard for them to, to look better. Um, but give them and, – and this is all obviously projection into 2023. Get, you have to give them a year, like a full year to really see what they have. All you expect out of your quarterback at the next level is to show flashes and to improve each week. Whether those improvements be little, like, hey, I was just working on my footwork this week. I know I threw three picks, but – 
my mechanics were there. My footwork was there. I just missed the read. You know what I mean? Like, so things like that. Um, that's all you kind of hope for. It's a quick little tidbit. Um, and then third on this list I have is actually, and I've been high on this kid forever. Out of Liberty, Malik Willis. Good arm, not quite the arm that Corral or Strong have for sure, um, but he's very athletic. The thing that comes to mind is explosion. This kid is very explosive in every single play because he's uh, he's potentially a dual threat, but he's not like a burner. He's not a burner. He's not going to run a four three forty. He's probably around the four six range, so he's pretty quick still. It's just one of those things where it's like, can he get to the second level and then make maybe a safety miss or run over a safety? Absolutely, he can. He's a very very good, um, very talented quarterback in that sense when he's running the ball um, and not having to think about too many things at once. So they keep it simple, one read progressions. Um, Give him the ability to kind of limit the the check knees at the line. Let the line, let the center be the quarterback of the line, and say, okay, this guy, I got this, I got that. So that's what I noticed when I was watching him. He wasn't really making a ton of blitz pickup reads. That was all the line. Um, but that's also at liberty. You know what I mean? Like the the as the talent of team and coaching, you can tell the coach is able to develop certain players. Like Lane Kiffin gives Matt Corral everything. The coach at Liberty. Is like, hey, you know what, we're going to, yeah, this is just who we have. You know what I mean? So they work well with that. So it's no knock on Malik Willis, his end of the beef. Um, decent footwork when he actually sits in the pocket, I've noticed. He doesn't bounce. He, he'll he stand. Um, you kind of want your quarterback to kind of be on the move. Like, not quite like Bo Nix on the move where he's a squirrel in a candy shop. You know what I mean? Like, where he just can't slow it down. But and then when he's able to slow it down, he actually is a really hell. He's a hell of a quarterback, and he's the most improved quarterback I have on. Uh, he's not even on this list. I put him top ten, but he's he's the most improved quarterback for sure. But Malik Willis just kind of stands there, and it's like he's waiting for the receiver to get open versus throwing him open or throwing the ball. So there's no going back to what Carson Strong needs to work on. Definitely needs to work on more anticipation, and he also needs to work on his footwork. Stay on your toes when you drop back in the three to five steps. Even a, even I haven't seen him do really a seven-step drop yet. Um, that's more the NFL level for those deep routes that are going to take time because everybody's covered. Um, um, so it's like one of those things where that's what I just kind of want to see a little bit more. Um, just be more confident in your arm and the fact that it's a kind of a weaker arm compared to the other two. You still have a good arm. You're still a college quarterback. You know what I mean? Like you're not some scrub. Like you can make these throws. Start making these throws, please. Like, that'll help you. That'll help me because I, I'm really high on you, and I need you to be good because that's that would be amazing. Like, I would also love for Denver drafted you, but it's definitely one of the things where he's he's still a little bit raw around some certain edges. Like I said, mechanics and footwork, definitely need to work on that. Um, and then more anticipation. And the NFL, the windows are way smaller. Um, honestly, a lot of times you have to throw open receivers. It's it's not like college where they're streaking wide open down the middle of the field and you just miss them because you take a deep shot um, into double coverage. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where you actually have to – everybody's an All-American in the NFL. So um, just want to see him work on that. And then fourth, I have Desmond Ritter. So I really like this kid. I liked what he did. And he kind of came out of my radar last year um, against Georgia. I didn't really know who he was um, at, and – you know, because I'm not a Cincy fan. I don't really follow them until I saw him play Georgia. And I was like, whoa, 
this kid's actually pretty good. And I saw a bunch of highlights of the game of the bowl game leading up to him. And I was like, okay, like obviously Desmond the man. They got to figure it out. The kid has a rocket, like for an arm. God came down and said, here is a, here's a golden arm. All right. Like he gave it to him and like attached it himself. Like he's a surgeon. He basically gave him that rocket arm. The shitty part with that rocket arm is Desmond hasn't figured out how to be accurate with it. Like he's very, very good at throwing the deep ball to the band. You know what I mean? Like he's very good at throwing the deep ball to a cheerleader. He's very good at laser throws across the middle that hit dudes in the face mask because they're coming so hard that they just don't have time to react because his, his arm is, is – he's probably got the best arm in the class, like strength-wise, honestly. He really does. Um, and and that, that's great. That's what you want. You like strong-arm quarterbacks if they can handle it, meaning he has no – there are certain throws you're like, dude, just a little bit of touch. It's just it's just like 99 miles an hour at your face here. Try to fucking catch it. And it's like, no, just just dial it back, bro. Like we already have the receiver open across the middle. Just just fling it to him. Don't even just don't you don't need to roll this Chapman at the entire time. Like it's okay to throw on some touch. It's okay. And I think that comes down to mechanics. I really do. Um, which starts with your footwork. His footwork isn't bad. Um, it's just that he's. He's better on the run when he's running outside of the pockets. And honestly, he's better running to his right than he is to his left. Uh, um, actually, sorry, he's better running to his his left than he is to his right. Um, and meaning, so he's, if you run to your left on your right-handed quarterback, you have to throw back against your body to make that throw versus if you throw to your right or if you're rolling to your right, it's just kind of there. But he always kind of seems to run to his left a little bit, which which is fine. That's that's what you like to see. It's, I think it, it's one of the reasons why NFL scouts are kind of drooling over him um, at this point because they see the arm and they see that when he's actually doing something with his legs, his mechanics kind of at that point take over. And they're good mechanics on the run. They're not necessarily good mechanics quite yet from the pocket. Um, so that's my only knock on him. He runs really well. The kid is a very good athlete. I, he's not. He's not like. He's not Justin Fields. You know who's running a four four, but he's definitely in that probably four six range. Just kind of like Malik Willis, but he's he he on on film. He's faster than Willis, obviously. Like, he just looks faster. Um, I don't know if it's Willis's running style or whatever, but Ritter is a very, very good athlete, and he actually can run for a couple first downs. He ran um, – he tore up the – basically running for – ran against um, – it was Notre Dame. Like, it was – I mean, obviously, ten and ten attempts at twenty six yards. That's not like nothing to sneeze at. But he had he had a, a very good, a very nice touchdown for that. But his longest was eleven runs. And then you know the week before against Indiana, uh, ten attempts for forty five yards. So they have actually strategically put in run plays for him because he's very athletic. Um, that's what you like to see as far as you know. It, uh, honestly, a scout. Like, that's what you love to see. Um, can this quarterback get us first downs if the play breaks down? Obviously, and he's he's shown that he's not going to run every single time, which is great, too. He's not going to – I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Michael Vick. But Michael Vick was the offense in Atlanta. He had to get the first downs himself if he couldn't throw for him. Um, so that's the only knock on him. Just work on the accuracy. And he's also I've also noticed that he starts a little bit slow, kind of like a boxer just jabbing the first couple rounds, trying to feel out the fighter um, in the sense of just rip it, dude. Like you've just – but with touch. You know what I mean? Like obviously 
your arm is good enough and your legs are good enough to carry, you know, in the first quarter. Start. I want to see him actually make that next leap, start to be a little bit, um, you know, take it back a little bit, just as far as the, the arm, you know, strength goes. And then finally on this list, I've got Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. And he's actually been getting a lot of love. And I, I just want to say I actually had him on my list of someone to watch way before. And if you go back to the previews of our conference previews, we talked about Pitt. We talked a little bit about Kenny Pickett. He's a very good athlete. This team, I said, is going to go as far as Pickett can take him. Um, and he's taken him pretty far. His arm, though, like it's not the best. You know what I mean? Like honestly, I probably can find a 45-year-old with a better arm. That's that's just is it's just a fact. He doesn't have a very strong arm, but his mechanics make up for that. He's very accurate. He's very raw, though. Like, he needs a lot of polishing at the next level. He honestly would be benefiting if he was drafted by, say, like, uh, hopefully not the Steelers, but I, I want to stay. I want him to stay in Pittsburgh and then let him sit for two years and just, like, learn how to – because you can work on arm strength. You really can. You can get better at it. I mean, he's not going to ever have a top-tier arm, but he'll have an above-average arm, honestly. Just keep working on it. He's got very good footwork for, you know, someone without a good arm. Um, and like I said, going back to his mechanics, they're very, very good. Like, his, he's got a throw that's really tight and compacted that I've noticed, um, which gives him the ability to kind of – it could because his release is so quick, it appears that his arm is actually way better than it is. And he zips the ball in pretty well. And he's very accurate with the ball. And that's what I like to see. Um, those of you that know me, I love JT Daniels as far as accuracy goes. If your accuracy completion – if your completion percentage is below 68%, don't fucking talk to me. Like you're, you're, you're not accurate. You have to have 68 or higher to be considered to be elite in the NFL level because it goes down by five. It's just a fact because everybody's that good. So those are my top five quarterbacks. Um, I was actually really excited. And then I'm going to bring in – Next week, um, I'm going to talk about my top five running backs, and I'm just going to dive into the draft at this point moving forward, kind of near the end of the year with my shorts because I just love diving in on players um, that are really good. And I've got a couple guys that you probably haven't heard of that are going to be on this list that I think can actually make an impact in the next level. And running backs are a dime a dozen. They're not going to be any first-round picks unless somebody wants to take a chance on B. John Robinson. But that's okay because, um, honestly, just running backs are one of those things where – they, unfortunately, they just been, they've been dying out. But we talked about a lot today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Fan Section Podcast. We talked about the college football rankings. My rankings are definitely different from everybody. We also talked about the top five quarterbacks that are going to be in this year's draft. And this has been the Fan Section Podcast. My name is Alan, and I am out. <laughs>